but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. My name is Flynn Ashley. I'm going to be one of your hosts for the evening. I'm here with my fellow host, Kevin Reynolds. Happy to be here. Andrew Hovkamp. How's it going, guys? And Jacob. I'm okay to be here. <laughs> no no known last name. You know, he's here. Uh, <laughs> and a Jacob. <laughs> and a Jacob. Uh, so be sure to follow us on, on all the social medias, the Twitters and the Instagrams, uh, at AiredBNB. Uh, follow us on social media if you like uh, getting more uh, quotes from movies that I haven't seen tweeted at me and me getting it wrong. So uh, that's, that's something that you can look forward to. So, but, you, uh, but you had seen it. You I just had. don't know. I, so I, yeah, I, I have seen and I love, uh, I love that movie, uh, Space Jam, uh, but I didn't get the quote. So whatever. Um, so tonight I am drinking, uh, I, I was kind of, uh, you know, uh, I was inspired by Kevin's awful bourbon last, last week. So I have, uh, dr- I'm drinking my own concoction and my own fistful of bourbon uh, that I have made, and I, this is a legit thing. I have found it online, and so it's it's called Poor Man's E.H. Taylor, um, and it's uh, two-thirds of a bottle of Weller Special Reserve and one-third of a bottle of Old Granddad 114 that you let mellow in a bottle uh, for a month, and that is what I'm drinking. And so uh, you, you mix the two because it's a four-grain bourbon, um, and it's phenomenal. It is. It is actually really good. Uh, you know, I love both Weller Special Reserve and Old Granddad 114, but this is actually better than both. So the the sum is greater than the equal of its parts, or whatever the saying is. So Kevin, it's, so it's old Old Weller. It's Old Weller. Yes. How do you know when it goes mellow? Is it like going Richter? How do you go um, Richter? You know, I smelled it and I was like, that smells like bourbon. So. And it was all mellow. Yeah, because it's, you put two bourbons together. When was it ever not going to smell like bourbon? I don't know. Science. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I, you know, straight off of a, a night of drinking, of uh, chasing Jameson Black with um, with fistful of bourbon uh, and not enjoying that too much, <laughs> uh, I decided I was going to trade up this time and have something nice. Um, it is, uh, it's it's our friend Joe's birthday, our, our, our brother Joe's birthday, you know, Cowboy Joe, that guy from episode seven. <laughs> that guy, yeah. Um, and so this evening I dropped off a bottle of uh, Single Barrel Four Roses at his house uh, to say happy birthday, and I bought myself one too. So uh, I'm having uh, Four Roses Single Barrel tonight, and it is, it's delightful. Uh, it's a great bourbon from you know, a great company that I enjoy quite a bit. Hove? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, as you guys uh, have now known, have been doing some yard work recently, um, fixing a divot, if you will, aka absolutely ruining one side of my yard, digging up bushes. And it's been five straight days of like very physical labor. And so I'm treating myself at the conclusion of derooting the last bush this evening to maybe my favorite bourbon. Uh, and that is the lovely Eagle Rare out of Buffalo Trace. So, I'm <laughs> very excited, it? huh? Where did you find it? I found it at Total Wine. Is that the name of the place? To- Total Wine and More Wine 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 Doors. Something about wine, but they have a lot of bourbon <laughs> <laughs> in Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Place in Louisville. I'm pretty sure it's I, Total I went there wine. a couple. Yeah, I went there a couple weeks ago with my dad. They do have a great bourbon selection there. And I, I walked in, and it was sitting there, and uh, there were like limit three or whatever. And I would this these 
this guy was being very nice helping this couple in front of me. And the whole time, I'm just like, I swear to God, if someone takes that bourbon, if someone takes that bourbon. <laughs> and then finally, they were like, oh, we don't understand bourbon. Went to a different part, and I just grabbed the bottle and ran. Nice. There were like nice. two left. <laughs> Smart. Smart. Uh, pretty, what are you drinking? Wait, why are you upside down? Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask that question. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. We're upside having this down. conversation. <laughs> We're having this conversation on Zoom, and all of a sudden, Pretty's like completely upside down. <laughs> it's a little my phone, my phone won't turn me upside down. It's whatever. Um, I have comments about each thing that y'all said. So first, Flynn, is are you technically distilling bourbon then? Because that's no, illegal. no, I'm not even aging he's, it. He's I'm what's called blending. It. It's called yes, blending. blending and mellowing. Blending. Yes. Okay. Um, secondly, uh, to Kevin's point, yes, happy birthday, Joe. Uh, Joe's awesome. Uh, thirdly, to Hovecamp's point, yes, they have a great uh, bourbon selection there. I've also bought many different unique bourbons from there. Fourthly, I am drinking. Um, shout out to Dan Seaslack for this. Uh, he gave this to me for a birthday present. I am drinking Jepson's bourbon. Jepson's has bourbon. Wow. <laughs> Wow. You'll remember from a very early episode that we are not sponsored by Jepson's Malort. Um, and we use it for Malort bets. Nor are we sponsored by Jepson's bourbon, but maybe. Ooh, how is it? Because it doesn't right. sound good. So, she's oh like, and I tried it last week, and we uh, we tried it neat first, like you're supposed to, you know, with any, any bourbon you're tasting. I heard some ice cubes um, this time. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, you did. You heard correct. <laughs> Because <laughs> we tried it at first, and both of us were like, "Well, it's better than Malort." It's from but Chicago, it's definitely so you need worse to chill than it. any any bourbon ever. Yeah. So, for our um, listeners that have never uh, tried Malort, pretty, how would you describe Malort? Well, as the person who probably has consumed the most of it in the last year, I would say um, it tastes like burnt bug spray mixed with a hint of grapefruit. Um, and, uh, what just really feels like that kind of mucky taste that sometimes you get in your mouth when you smell something that's incredibly foul, like some really foul odored feet or something like that. I, is there a malorty feel to this bourbon as well? Or does it just taste like, like Kentucky Tavern? Shockingly, uh, I'd actually rank it above Kentucky Tavern. Um, it doesn't, it has that kind of like initial bite that Malort has, but no really weird aftertaste. Hmm. No um, no toothpaste and sadness. Uh, no, no. Lingering flavor. <laughs> what about boiled grapefruit for literally 12 hours? <laughs> nope. No boiled nope. grapefruit okay. for 12 hours. No, That's... like, is pine salt safe to consume? No, none of that feel? <laughs> nope. Is, nope. It, is it paint-like? Like, does it smell or taste like paint? Uh, no, um, I, I, I'm not kidding y'all. When, Sounds when like they Cieslack, use different barrels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When she's like presented this to me, I was like, first off you, I was like, you made this up. You a hundred percent took a label and just slapped it on a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> but no, you can get this at, uh, uh, the like party source in Newport. Apparently that's insane. Concerning. <laughs> yep. I'm glad so that Jepson's you're drinking bourbon. that. It's a, a fistful of bourbon tonight for Jacob. So props to uh, Pretty for not changing his bad bur- like from going from a bad bourbon experience post Jameson to a worse bourbon experience. I just Pretty's also want to still in college. Yeah, and I want to commend Pretty <laughs> on the fact that we're you know we're this is episode ten. Uh, we've we've done this ten times uh, successfully ish, 
and we um, we're spending episode ten trying three things that are new, um, and we're not confident about any of them. Um, just like we're not confident about Jepson's bourbon, but we're gonna give it a shot because uh, why not? Yep. You know, speaking, speaking of new things, uh, we have some actually new segments to bring to you. So the first segment that we're going to get into uh, is a little twist on nerd debate where we're going to uh, be really going one on one with a judge. Then we have a little remix to an old, old segment. And then we're going to play a game. Uh, I have brought uh, a game to these guys. It's a surprise to them as much as it's a surprise to you. So I'm real excited about that. So uh, first off. Let's get into nerd debate. Nerd debate. All right, so. <laughs> nerd debate. For this, that was our attempt at the drop. <laughs> it was bad. It was that was a that was a bad attempt. Just let yeah, we drop. Let, just we dropped put the, the drop, drop in. Like just we dropped just, the ball on the drop. Drop the ball. Yes. Like it's hot. So. <laughs> Each of us have brought a topic to the table, just like a normal nerd debate. However, this time we're going to be calling one other person out on what we think their specialty is. Um, so Jacob is up first. He's going to be calling out one of the other members of the uh, podcast on what what is the specialty of that person. Um, they are going to give a prompt to the question Um and then the person being called out will decide who will go first. Uh, they will each have about 60 to 90 seconds to talk about what, uh, whatever they want to talk about in that debate. And then they will also designated a judge uh, to uh, see who wins. The fun part is the judge decides who wins, but the two people debating uh, settle the terms with a shot of whatever they would like settled on air in a future episode is everyone in agree agreement with that did I, did I explain that well Acceptable. oh yeah i just thought we were doing the shots now i was like ready to go i feel like it I, should be in the future i don't I, have anything honestly, but this very I'm happy nice to take a shot of anything within my grasp right now it's all delicious bourbon i was so, gonna have to go downstairs uh, i go only brought it. down the eagle rare with me so not taking a shot of nice bourbon sorry <laughs> i'll see right, well, kevin and i kevin and i will do a shot of ours there you then. go do your shot of jepson's no um, yeah, all right. kevin's kevin's drinking good bourbon don't punish him with good bourbon <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, you are up so, first. Take yes. It away. So uh, obviously, you know, as we've learned already, that uh, starting me off with topics or new segments is never a good idea. So we're going to continue that trend. Um, so uh, I am approaching Kevin on the subject of musical theater. Bring it. Uh, now, for those who know, um, Kevin was at one time a musical theater star uh, and still is very much so. Um, I even got him to play the trumpet once uh, in I a heard show. He, I heard he burnt out. Okay, let me just say two <laughs> things. First of all, one of, us has, one of us has a bachelor's of fine arts degree in musical theater, and the other of us was a musical theater major for one semester in college. So let's, let's, you can decide who's who um, after you hear our debates, but that's, those two things are true. Fair. I thought I um, thought my allusion to the sunburn was really funny. It was. It was pretty good. I was pretty laughed. proud of you. No, I, I, I laughed on the <laughs> Oh, the, the Peter Pan sunburn. Very good. Uh, so, Kevin, what I want to know, um, so this is a little, little more open-ended. We're going to ease into this. Uh, I want to know what the best, the best two musicals are 
in your opinion, and the worst musical, and I'm going to tell you why you are objectively wrong. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just understand the parameters here. You don't have to counter with two of your own and a worst. It's just Kevin is wrong. Oh, no, I'll counter. I'll counter with my own. And so why who's they the judge and who, who is timing okay. the arguments? Uh, F- Flynn, you're the judge. Okay. Yes. So, okay, Flynn, you're timing. You, judge. you have, written, you have yeah. written down here that you are the judge. You made I didn't this. Write. I was, okay. <laughs> Our audience can't see the show document, so I was trying to, you know, let them in on the secret, but, you know, you ruined it. You have to so feign ignorance to inform the audience. You can just so tell Flynn's, them. Flynn is the judge. Drink your Huff Camp is the timer. We each have at maximum 90 seconds to make our case. So the way that the rules are spelled out is I get to decide if I'm going first or if I'm yep. going to make pretty go first and then respond to him. Um, but just like I went to college first and have done most other things first, you know, I was the first of us to be a musical theater major. So that obviously means I probably should go first. I also will say that Pretty has a knack for letting me go first at things and then spending his first 20 to 30 seconds talking about how right I am before he ever starts to try to argue. So I'm going to bank on that happening again. Um, so if you're just joining us in episode 10, go back and listen to you know at least the first six, and you'll hear that happen constantly. So, okay, okay. Um, question, question. What is the okay. what is the liqueur or, li- or liquor or oh, whatever question. that you all oh. are betting on? I'll do – I'll uh, – I'll put up uh, Jepson's and I'll do it neat. So Jepson's bourbon, neat. Okay, Not I'm looking at my Lord, liquor but... cabinet right now. I I will. I'm gonna give you the three worst things that I can see. I have um, I have Doers Scotch. I have <laughs> I, I I have lemon gray goose. Um, <laughs> and I I have cheap tequila. So if you want this to be a punishment, I will take one of those three if I lose. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy about it, but I'm I'm being a gentleman here and being honest. Um, I'm cheap tequila all yep, the way. Yep. Okay. I want Kevin to take his shirt off next episode. That's, that's not that's, that's not, not how that's not exactly how that works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. Oh, tequila also, Kevin, are we are we doing this this episode or next one? I'll take it right now. Um, Great, cool. But if you want to do it next okay. episode, that's fine. Whatever you want to do. No, um, no. Let's you and I. It's tonight. We're throwing it down tonight. And Here we Flynn's go. the judge. Off. Yep. Yeah. Flynn, I know the this, least yeah. amount musical theater, so yeah. you have to so convince is... me of it. So you have to. You can't Don't assume worry. Flynn, that I Flynn have knowledge. Can, Flynn can uh, ask. You know, ask the timer. It's. I believe that's a lifeline that the judge has. See, I'm a public speaking teacher. Uh, part-time, and I grade persuasive speeches all the time, and so I would like you to use some sort of persuasion on me. I'm giving you an advantage by by Flynn being the judge. Shut up. I know, I know, but I'm a person of integrity, so, like, I know what the worst musical ever is, and I know what Flynn thinks is a bad musical. So I could say that, but I'm going to choose to say what I think is actually true. Um, But okay, okay. Flynn, okay. Okay, Flynn. Okay, here we go. Ready? Are you ready to start the timer? I start the timer when you go, and because right. I'm the timer. I have too much power in this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> go. Okay, the two best musicals of all time. Um, one is a golden classic gangster movie musical uh, called Guys and Dolls. Think about... Robert, um, think about Frank Sinatra is one of the main characters and Marlon Brando is the other. These are real life, actual people who are supported by the, by the mafia in their lifetimes and they're playing characters that are, that are, it's in a musical called Guys and Dolls where the idea is Nathan Detroit, 
played by Frank Sinatra, underground craps game, and uh, Sky Masterson is this guy who's trying to, um, you know, bet the world up against him, and, you know, hilarity ensues, it's a beautiful musical, it's fantastic, it's all revolved around craps and horse racing and gambling and awesomeness, really fantastic. Apparently in the musical you can also fly to and from New York to Havana in one night, uh, which is pretty difficult to do at the time, but it's fine. Uh, great musical. Second, I would bring in a more modern one. It's called Once. This is a musical um, set in Ireland in a bar. So it's filled with Irish drinking songs. Seconds. Ton of fun. Really exciting um, different Irish jigs throughout that are played on stage. But at intermission, you can walk up into the bar and order a drink from the actual bar that's on stage and then go back to your seat and sit down and watch the rest of a beautiful story. Both of those are fantastic. Flynn, I want to say Wicked because you hate Wicked is the worst musical of all time. But the real answer is Cats. Cats is trash. The music is terrible. The plot is absurd. I would rather gouge my eyes out with a corkscrew than ever sit through this again. I hate it. Nice timing. Was, nice timing. That was very impressive. All right. Good arguments. Good arguments. I liked it. I liked it. Lots of great information. I've not seen uh, any of them, but I, I feel like it, <laughs> I can have a grasp on it. All right, Jacob. Okay. Um, we ready? Timer? I'm, I'm on you. Okay. Go. So the two best musicals. Uh, number one, Sweeney Todd, written by the uh, amazingly prolific Stephen Sondheim. Shout out, his birthday was yesterday, 91 years old. You like a, you like a little horror uh, action movie, kind of, you know, suspense, mystery, thriller going on? Sweeney Todd's got that for you. We've got, like, this barber guy that's just kind of, you know, going around making meat pies out of people, cutting people's throats when they come up and uh, have their uh, get their hair cut. But the reason why it's so important and such a such a great musical is because it, it adds this new like horror element. There's this very compelling story throughout it, and it just has some really awesome, like kind of amazing choral moments throughout. Uh, the other second greatest musical, uh, actually I'd rank this as number one, Jesus Christ Superstar. It's a rock opera telling the story of Jesus Christ and literally just like can't you you cannot just sit still while watching this this movie or this musical. Uh, any version is like really awesome. Uh, I got to give shout outs to John Legend um, throwing it down uh, back in 2018. Uh, that was I think the pinnacle version. Uh, it's just it's epic, especially if you're watching it around the like the Easter season time. Uh, and then by far, uh, the worst musical of all time, um, is 1776. Uh, while yes, a very, uh, great story about the founding fathers. It just drags along and has, uh, many moments that just kind of sit around doing nothing. There we go. All right. Nice. Let nice. me, let me also say that Sarah, I forget how you pronounce her last name. Borellis. Is that right? Bareilles. Sarah Bareilles, yes. Uh, deserved every bit as much of a shout-out as John Legend. Oh, uh, yeah, for Mary Magdalene, so. 100%. 100%. 100%. Uh, and once. No, not once. Not uh, waitress. waitress. Breaking down, breaking down yeah. your arguments a little bit, um, uh, both of you gave uh, different arguments, and so Kevin gave <laughs> arguments on the content of the story. Uh, he gave content on 
some actors, but Jacob gave uh, kind of like an overarching theme to each of each of the uh, best ones, at least. Um, and he also talked about um, the author as and brought in a <laughs> new age theme. And, and you know, I have seen I, I actually saw the John Legend version of Jesus Christ Superstar. It was pretty good. Um, who played uh, Judas? Because he was phenomenal. Uh, Brandon Victor Dixon. Okay. He was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, he also played Aaron Burr in Hamilton, and he's played several other things. He's amazing. That was Aaron Burr? Okay. I didn't know. No, not, not, not the, the OG. Original. No. Leslie, Leslie Odom Jr. is yeah. the OG. Don't, no, he, he yeah. replaced him. All right. So, um, Hope Camp, I, I would like to get your thoughts too, because you do you do know a little bit more theater uh, than I do. I, I have an inkling, but I would like to, to get your, your opinion here. Oh, no, I think they were both pretty compelling. Um, so you can pick whoever you want, and I won't get mad. So, <clears throat> Jacob, I like your yeah, argument um, for Jesus Christ Superstar. I have not seen 1776, um, but I, I do bother. not like Wicked because it drags on like you were talking about. Um, and so uh, <laughs> that's, just, that's just my opinion. Um, however, uh, I am swayed by the argument of the Irish pub musical being able to go on stage and grab a drink at intermission. I think that that's creative. Uh, and I think that that's new. Uh, so I'm going to give the edge to Kevin here. Excellent. Excellent. I need to say two things. I didn't know what was going to be asked and pretty was a hundred percent right. Um, <laughs> but I like your argument. His two, his okay. two musicals. Okay. Camp has made fun of me for not for not know, for choosing I, what I just think is no, right. No, but you, I went with the argument. Here. Listen, I liked right, your argument. Listen, that, I think I did a better job at debate than he did, and I I appealed to you as judge more successfully. So I did what I was supposed to do. I was better than him, but he's more right. Yeah, Sweeney um, Todd's really good too. That's another one that I've seen that I, I really do enjoy. So you know, I, of of the of the musicals, I'd probably watch those two the for the 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 most. But I liked you. I liked your argument. I liked your your creative spin on it. So also point of point of note, I uh, I was. I kind of thought we were going to have a rebuttal and I was saving my just shredding down of once for the rebuttal, but it's okay. So I was, I was shaving down my rebuttal too. I was ready to say, listen, this isn't part of it, Flynn, but since you don't, you haven't seen a lot of movies, let me ask you this. Would you rather see Frank Sinatra and Marlon Brando, the Godfather in a, in a movie, any movie or Johnny Depp? Um, and And Helena Bonham Carter. I love really? I'm a big, Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I love oh, that. That would have hurt. Depp. That would have hurt. Is Severus Snape in that too? Is Alan Rickman in that? He or is. Oh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman's Judge. Uh, judge whatever. Judge Turpin. Yeah, it's actually it's great. I think that was one of the most successful movie adaptations of a musical in the last two decades. But all right. Well. Okay. I, I accept lost. victory. Yep. But I, I figured I, this I, is. I knew this was going to happen. I retroactively I like, concede because you did a good job. <laughs> Both were very good arguments. I just liked your angle more. There well, were no losers there. There was just Kevin being slightly better. I think I'll I be think, honest. Uh, I think Kevin only would have won me over with the Irish pub, and Pretty would have won me over with everything else he said. I also feel like I I, uh, I <laughs> gave myself too broad of a spectrum by just being like Kevin, pick whatever you think, and I'm going to tell you how you're wrong. So I didn't. Go well, yeah, that's, with that's a, tough angle. because, you know, um, if you had done it by, you know, you and I know enough to have done that by era, you know, if you'd yeah, said golden age, modern, 
Um, you know, we'll come back for round two of the musical theater debate yeah, in a couple I, weeks. I welcome this discussion again because I, it's fun, um, and I, I I love musicals, um, and I'm probably easier at saying what the worst ones are and why they're bad more than I am the best ones are and why they're good because I have so many favorites. But but I thought that was a lot of fun. But we're moving on, and I think Hovecamp's up next, right? Uh, I am up next, and. Uh... <laughs> I guess there's really oh. no way around someone going <laughs> twice in a row in this. Jacob's um, dying after taking that shot. <laughs> I think he inhaled the Jepsen's bourbon. <laughs> but I, I'm oh, gonna God. I'm calling out Pretty, who may not be able to speak. Yeah. Uh, so if that happens, we'll we'll oh, give no. him a minute. I'm fine. But, I'm fine. Let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I'll be honest, all of my stuff is upstairs, so this will probably be a later date unless uh, you'd like to stall for like 30 seconds while I go and grab either soju, uh, clear Or you're going to win, and I'm going to end up doing another shot. It's fine. I guess 1783 would be the bad bourbon that I have if you wanted me to do that. So um, those would be your options. But oh, um, I'm going to call pick pretty vegetables? Out. Can you say he has to go eat a bunch of vegetables? <laughs> I have I have some kale and I have some kale and asparagus upstairs. You do not That's have fine. kale upstairs. No, I, 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 I believe do. It. I put he it does. in my smoothies every morning. He, you've changed. <laughs> yes, I don't I, even I, know who you are. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> quarantine has changed me. Uh, or I don't think dating, it was quarantine or dating someone. Yeah, it's really <laughs> difficult. It was, it was, to, it was, it was your say. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. both started at like her? the exact same time, and I don't know how to tell them apart anymore. Are we calling her quarantine from now on? Is that, did he just ask us to call her quarantine? I really think that'll come back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm calling Pretty out on Star Wars. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> Pretty is a uh, self-proclaimed expert, and we have uh, allowed that to to go uncontested because he does typically know more about Star Wars than us, uh, as evidenced by him describing a bunch of forms that we didn't know enough about to call him out, whether he was right or wrong. He could have been, probably was, but we don't know. Anyway, I have uh, recently seen all of the, or at least enough of the cartoons and listened to some binge mode and um, feel at least able to go toe-to-toe here, but this is going to be kind of an interesting one, pretty. One that you might not have thought about, so you may uh, defer to me to go first or not. Um, I think we all agree that Sheev had a solid plan to rise to Emperor um, and and played on the weaknesses of the Jedi pretty well um, in his plan. But I would like to know who among the Jedi Order is most responsible for allowing Sheev Palpatine to rise to power. Let me just say real quick before we get started, I'm judge in this situation and Flynn is going to be the timer. Um, and I'm feeling particularly excited to be judging this Star Wars debate while I give, um, while I stall for a minute to let Pretty think, because <laughs> this weekend my parents, who have been in their house for almost 30 years, are moving for the first time, and uh, so they're cleaning out a bunch of old boxes. And this weekend my parents came up and they said, "We got you a present." I said, "What is it?" And they brought in six cartons, cartons of stuff for me, including my Millennium Falcon, my X-wing oh, nice. fighter. All of my Star Wars action figures from growing up, all of the uh, collectible Star Wars memorabilia that I had growing up, the um, uh, textbooks and books on the different types of ships and all this stuff. So I spent some nostalgia this weekend going through a time where I identified as an expert in Star Wars. And so I've rekindled that a little bit, and I'm particularly excited to judge. So, uh, so yeah, Pretty, let's let's hear your argument. You have 90 or seconds. You, you could you can defer to me to go first or if, defer. You, if you must. Or de- but, Ooh, uh, he probably will. Uh, he probably will. 
Um, I, I just want to clarify this. Yeah, yeah. Ask a few. It's a weird. It's a weirdly. You're referencing Chief Palpatine rising to power, like in the Galactic Empire, not this BS. J.J. Abrams. It was Palpatine all along. Sequel trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, is God, every okay. Star Wars just retcons with the stuff that came before it? Okay. Uh, but I'm talking about when the OG what stuff. was he was he senator first became yeah. emperor became mm-hmm. you know started the Clone Wars and became um, the emperor himself. So yes, senator that's then Chief chancellor senator than chancellor. I apologize. Yeah, uh, this debate's going really well for me. <laughs> so the uh, but yes, when essentially what made Order sixty six successful at in the execution. Why was he not stopped before then? Essentially. Can I ask one more point question? Do I need to, well, no, this is going to answer itself for me. I'm going to, I have an answer, but I think I'm going to go with a different one because nobody's going to know that answer aside from like you and I, and then Kevin will just be like a little confused. So I'm going to, I've got one of two answers. And And I did say, I did specify Jedi as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. I'm trying to think who, who is it? Okay. Who's going first? I'll go first. Okay. Okay. We ready? All right. The Jedi that is most responsible for uh, Sheev Palpatine's rise to power is um, Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, as much as it, uh, Kevin actually alluded to it back in the, the one episode where he was talking about the most powerful Force user being Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon, while just being in one movie, had a huge impact that the repercussions were felt movies and movies uh, and just years after what he did. Um, so it's known in the canon that Qui-Gon is one of the most kind of balanced. He's he's that perfect balance between Yoda, very connected to the Force, and also that Mace Windu, more you know practical, I'm going to actually be a master swordsman. He actually turned down being on the Jedi Council several times because they wanted him, and he was like, nope, that's not for me, that's not for me. But Sheev Palpatine, though, played into that, Qui-Gon's almost um, pride, and in kind of allowing Qui-Gon to be the one to discover Anakin. So that way, when Qui-Gon ultimately dies, everyone, like, just feels that... um, like everyone feels compelled to see Qui-Gon's mission sought out, you know, training the boy. Oh, we have to let this boy be trained. If Qui-Gon hadn't died, there's a good chance that Qui-Gon and Anakin would have just left the Jedi order entirely. And Palpatine's whole plan would have just gone to hell. Um, so that's kind of my main argument about why Qui-Gon is the one who's solely responsible. His actions, uh, aren't responsible, but more of his persona caused the repercussions that, uh, made the whole thing go down. All right. That, I'm hearing the beep, so I think that's my time. <laughs> All right, interesting. Not not the answer I thought you were going to go with, um, but I will I will go ahead, and I think that there is the obvious answer of Yoda. But to be a little bit more a uh, little more complex, I'm going to choose Obi Wan, um, and here's why I think it's Obi Wan. Yoda is this this like ethereal leader of the the Jedi Order, but he's no he's old. Even in his prime, if you will, he's he's an old Jedi here, so he needs his boots on the ground to be doing everything, reading things, and and using their Force capabilities as well. Obi Wan just walks in to to these clones, and they're like, "Oh, hey, here's your clones, thanks." And he's just like, "Huh?" Then he gets attacked, and this whole thing just sets off, and he is not able to piece together 
anything. He is the one that is there constantly. Un, like something happens and he's like, that's odd. He tells Yoda, Yoda thinks, but Obi-Wan's the one that's there giving the report. When uh, he never figures out that Count Dooku is the guy that they've been chasing, that Count Dooku is um, is the new apprentice, he doesn't realize that Darth Maul was an apprentice himself. He doesn't, he trains Anakin the whole time, keeps him in the dark on so many things in, in his in so many ways, an amazing mentor, but also just just keeps letting Anakin stew in his own grief and his own angst and and doesn't ever console him, doesn't ever explain anything to him and, and leads and, and Anakin perceives everything that's happening as as faulty. So he's, he fails as a mentor to Anakin. He fails as a as a recon expert for Yoda and he fails at piecing everything together himself does he fail though or is that more of just qui-gon not uh, yes qui-gon trained him but qui-gon was giving him an apprentice that was already at a level that was almost beyond him or what his capabilities what he thought was the way that you know this is how it's supposed to be so it's almost in that sense qui-gon listen i think at this point um having watched some debates earlier in the year that, that someone should have turned his mic off because it was against the rules to retort. Uh, it was 90 and 90, and, and if, if that's on me, I, I, I apologize. But um, this is tough. Uh, so let me say a couple things. Um, Pretty took a bold move with attacking my favorite Jedi, that he knows is my favorite Jedi. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So I, appre- I, I appreciate and commend the bold move, um, because it, it would have been easy to do otherwise. Um, I think that Huffcamp took a bold move in attacking not Pretty's favorite Jedi, but one that Pretty knows a ton about. Um, and had had Pretty chosen to go second, I think he probably would have spent some time destroying Huffcamp's arguments and then making some of his own. So I think that the failure to go second was Pretty's downfall in this in this debate. So let me say a couple things that I inferred from your arguments that are the deciding factors for me. Um, when I watch the prequels, it is annoyingly obvious that Anakin is the most conflicted character probably in Jedi history, right? So the fact that, that Obi-Wan allows for that kind of questioning of the Force and all these different things and, and the teachings in the old ways... And watching this guy assume an all-black wardrobe um, and just be cool with it when nobody else does the same. All these things uh, are just red flag warning signs. And I agree um, that Obi-Wan Kenobi is the biggest enabler in all of Star Wars history. Um, And so for that, I do fault him. Um, The thing that really sold it for me, though, because Pretty made some good arguments that I thought were interesting and historical, but there's a good chance that had Qui-Gon lived, that he and Anakin would have left the Jedi Order is something that you can't prove that I vehemently disagree with. Um, (laughs) And I just don't think Qui-Gon ever gets that far to betray. He always pushes the council's buttons. He stands up to them. And Obi-Wan even alludes to that. You know, you were not wise to question the council, all this stuff. But to say that he would have betrayed his vows goes against everything I believe that Qui-Gon Jinn actually would have done. And so um, 
after I make my judgment, you you guys can feel free to say what you want. But Huffcamp had the better argument that had the most supportive evidence in the nine films that I've seen. Um, and so because of that, I'm giving the victory, the dub to Hove. Boo. Uh, pretty, pretty. Who were you going to go with that was only in the show? Ahsoka? Uh, yeah. Really? Yes. Okay. Just because I think her leaving the Jedi Order cemented that for Anakin. Like, it just cemented the kind of distrust of the I Jedi think, Order. I think that that would have meant, led me to be very angry that you would go with the show person to retcon what was bad in the prequels. Nah. Um, but what I, but to Kevin's point, I should have clarified leaving the Jedi order does not mean going to the Sith. I mean, like becoming, no, I, I you know, think that. okay. But betraying, mm. betraying your oath to, as a Jedi. I mean, it's, it's like saying, you know, it does that all the time. I think, though. I think I might've gone Yoda if you had maybe go first as well. Just pick the, you know, you got to fire the head coach. If the way the cards, the way the cards dropped i, I like you know that's kind of how good. it goes i'll take the dub okay. uh kevin you you're uh you're, you're i up. am i am up and i'm calling out flynn um so flynn let's go um the topic is gonna be disney bops right so disney songs mm-hmm. and um huff camp is gonna judge this as the perennial host of disney movie marathon um, and the, the most avid Disney fan of us all. But um, but if he phones a friend for Pretty, who is the person who has a degree in music, you know, I'd be interested to see his hear his perspective as well. But Flynn, here's the topic. I know from what we've talked about in the past that, you know, people went just crazy over Let It Go when Frozen came out. And you have said since then, Moana's... Uh, how far I'll go is uh, is ten times better than Let It Go by Frozen, True. and that Moana has the best music. True, um, and that is a one-on-one comparison, and I can I can maybe get behind that, but I want to know: Do you stick to your guns, or when you think about all of Disney, is where is Moana, uh, or maybe let's just say it this way: Who have who are the best two? Um, who are the best two musical um, soundtracks in all of Disney uh, history? Who are the two musicals that have the best soundtracks? Um, I know the correct answer, and I'm willing to let you um, to go first or second, um, and we can go from there. And okay. these will be obviously Disney animated classics and no correct. Pixar and all that kind of stuff. And uh, okay. Correct. Okay. So, um, and oh, and again, I, I I'll go back to you and say, we can take our shots now, or we can take our shots tomorrow. Um, but you know, like I said, it can be tequila, vodka, or scotch, uh, or delicious bourbon. You decide. What uh, I'm, gonna I'm, take. I'm, I'm willing to. I'm willing to bet. Um, I have some. I have some gin downstairs. I I, I don't have um, any vodka, so I'll, I'll bet gin on this. Okay. I think okay. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first here. Okay. You did know the correct answer, Kevin. Feel free to say it now. Yeah, I know the correct answer. (laughs) Um, So, Huffcamp, you're the judge. Pretty, you're the timer. Here we go. Ready? Overall, right, if we take away quality of movie 
and quality of number one bop in the musical. Because there are some that have the song that is just so good. But when you think of total body of work, total body of work, there are three that really come to mind. Uh, and I'm even okay if Flynn ends up alluding to one of these. But in, in ascending order, it's Hercules. Um, and then two that come from the most fantastic composers ever to get involved in Disney. Um, and they both had a bigger impact than Lin-Manuel Miranda in Moana. And the answers are uh, Phil Collins and Elton John. I think that Tarzan uh, with um, uh, one, you know, two worlds, one family, with um, uh, You'll Be In My Heart, and then The Lion King with Elton John, The Circle of Life, with uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Akuna Matata, Just Can't Wait to Be King, uh, which we all know I have my own funny thoughts about. Um, you know, these two musical, these two musical animated Disney uh, films, if you were to take all of the dialogue out and think, which are the two that I would love to listen to the most that just have the most beautiful, compelling, um, exciting soundtracks uh, of them all? Uh, these are these aren't always the most catchy, but they are the best. That's time. Ke Kevin, right. you named three. Yes. So no, no. are we doing said, two or I three? No, I said I, I named the third, uh, and then made my arguments about here are the top two. Which so recap? What are the top two? I have two no again? idea which ones here are the top yeah, two. Yeah, you said you said a lot of stuff. Lion King and Tarzan. Okay. Okay. Tarzan. Okay. I can be there with you, but uh, my my top two uh, that uh, this is going to surprise you because this is this is more new age Disney. But when I think of movie movies that I think every single song is on point, it gets me hyped um, or it gets me emotional. I think of. Moana first, um, not only because of the connection I've made with my son, uh, but um, How Far I'll Go is amazing. Um, the the instrumentals throughout um, are phenomenal, and uh, Lin Manuel Miranda is a is a great composer. Is not a great singer, uh, and so that song that he sings is fine, but it's a really good song still. Um, but the other one that is probably going to surprise you is Princess and the Frog. I think every single song in Princess and the Frog is amazing. It is uh, upbeat. It's it's inspirational. Um, it is uh, all about friendship and self discovery. Um, it it screams what New Orleans is, and I think it really captured what that movie was supposed to be about. And so the entirety of like upbeat jazz music that was the whole movie. It was a great great soundtrack. Um, I agree, Phil Collins fantastic Tarzan underrated uh, but but I think that those two in particular um, have really stepped up the Disney movie game recently Ooh, with 10 seconds left on the clock he ends his argument yeah going on for 10 more seconds uh, I don't think was going to save him anyway um, <laughs> to to ignore every classic film that came out before the not year 2005 uh, you did you picked I'm not non, you picked all new films uh, and discounted epic films uh, from the Disney Renaissance and be in before that um, I appreciate your stance on Moana and I appreciate you giving the princess and the frog a shout out but 
they're not it's not better um i'd like to say this is better i'd like to say this i would have chosen you hercules. should have gone hercules i would have, have if kevin didn't already make an argument for it and so i, I was wanted, like okay i wanted so bad to just uh, give you give you the award because kevin picked three and i didn't understand which two he no. was actually picking when you listen to the and, playback of the tape you'll hear me all, say all you hercules did though, was third. just select movies that that i it's not even that like you have to read my mind or pick this. I don't. I just don't think that they even rise anywhere close to the movies that Kevin selected. Um, Moana may be close, but I think I think that it's just Kevin picked the better. When the better when movies. Flynn said hyped and, was, and or emotional, I thought I was screwed. I thought I was crushed because he was going to bring in Mulan with you know the difference the parody fine. between reflection yeah, no. and i'll make a man out of you like that musical has the those highs and lows really well i, th- I thought he would, for sure he was going to go with hercules um see i love Aladdin hercules hercules is fantastic I, I would have i would have picked it if, if kevin would have bops. wouldn't have mentioned three movies which i feel like is cheating no uh i would have cho- i would have chosen hercules it's it's, it, it's Tarzan is a correct answer. As soon as you said that, I I, I actually didn't think you were going to choose Tarzan, and so I, I said, you know, that's that's probably going to be the one that I can pair with Moana. Um, but when you said that, I had to kind of go uh, searching, and then I came up on Hercules, and then you said Hercules, and I had to go searching again. So, so first of all, this isn't yeah. a draft. When I say a musical, it doesn't mean you can't choose it. It was what are the two best, and what I said is if you if you listen to, to the differ. playback, I say. Uh, Hercules is number three, and Flynn, I will even give that to you because you can take it and run with it, but here are the two. And and that's where I went with. So I, you know. Yeah, I, I, Flynn, Flynn got too proud, and it cost him. Uh, yeah, you can, have, you can have the win. That's but fine. But you get, you get a chance for vengeance, Flynn. I do. So I do. It. I do. I, I, I am calling Hofkamp out um, on something that he knows more about than I do. Uh, it is Lord of the Rings. Um I probably know the least about Lord of the Rings of these here, but maybe I've seen them most recently, potentially. Um, I know Hope Camp used to fall asleep to them every night, so I, I don't want to discount <laughs> that fact. But um, <clears throat> So I'm calling Hope Camp out well, on ever, Lord of the Rings. Ever since quarantine, I haven't been watching movies to fall asleep to very often. <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> That's so good. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> I just got... <laughs> that's not even what I meant. Oh, oh God, that's so funny. Oh, man. Nice. He's like, nice. no, I've been, I've been watching Transformers. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm calling him out on Lord of the Rings. Uh, Pretty is going to be our judge. Kevin, you can you can time us. So, um, Hovecamp, the question I have for you. Who is the most accomplished swords fighter in Middle Earth? <laughs> is this like, are you daring me not to pick Aragorn? You can pick whoever you want. I'm ready when you are, bud. Okay. I, I don't, I, it's, I'll go first. It's Aragorn. And here, I don't even want to sugarcoat it or beat around the bush. He wins every time he doesn't play the petty games that legolas and gimli play because he's so much better at killing orcs than they are and he uses just his sword um he is insane he's the leader of the dunedain he is the heir he's been around for longer than everybody else because he has you know lived longer so to be in as many battles and fights as he's been in to win them all to literally like just the the morale at helm's deep went from like 
so low to like we have a fighting chance when Aragorn came back because he is so good. The reason that Boromir couldn't fight off all these orcs and Aragorn's like, hey, the three of us, we got this. Let's hunt them down is because Aragorn could have killed all of those orcs. He's so much better than everybody else. Um, I it's, it's not even close. He fights off the Nazgul by himself with a sword and a, and a, and a flame. It's, I, I, I'm shocked that you could pick anyone else. You have 30 seconds left. I'm good. Okay. So I Hope yield Camp. my time. Hope Camp, we didn't decide what we were betting, but I do know for a fact that both of us have 151 I, in no, our houses. I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what are we your betting options, Your uh, options were soju, clear rum, or... Uh, seventeen ninety three. Yeah, we do rum. rum. I, I have I have rum. I think I rum. a half a shot of one fifty one. No, is fair. I'm, not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a school night. <laughs> All right, all right. So Aragorn, it is okay. So I'm up. So the question I actually posed to you was, uh, who is the most accomplished swords fighter? Uh, and the answer to that, to me, is Eowyn. Um, and so when you think of the accomplishments of great people, it's not always about the victories or the accolades, but the pla- but the path they pl- they blaze for others to succeed in their wake. Um, so when you're debating on who's the best swords fighter uh, or who has most won battles, uh, we're, we're speaking to this accomplishments. And so when you think of Jackie Robinson, uh, I'm going to submit, submit that to you. To you. Uh, he is considered one of the most accomplished baseball players of all time, not due to his statistics or field play, uh, but for breaking the color barrier, uh, blazing that path for non-white players to play in the MLB. Uh, same thing with Sarah Fuller in college football, blazing the path as the first woman to play college football. And so A01 is, I'm pretty sure, the first woman uh, to join the ranks of men in battle, um, not only wielding a sword, but also protecting a hobbit on horseback. Um, and not only she did she do that, but she also also defeated uh, the Witch King of Agmar uh, using Kevin's term- movies, terminology from uh, Molly Weasley. Uh, he, she straight up murders the Witch King of Agmar. So she is a trailblazer. Uh, she inspires all other women in Middle Earth, um, and she is the most accomplished swords fighter in Middle Earth. I have so many so, things I so want to say. But I'm so here's be. here's a question for the judge. Huffkamp yielded thirty seconds of his time. Flynn didn't take it. Does he get it back now? I, I no, just because just, I want I, I think pretty you can decide and, and we'll just go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Hofkamp. I th- from a technicality standpoint, Flynn did say accomplished. He did not say best. Yeah, and what does accomplished uh, mean? Whatever he wants it to be. He clearly scripted half of that too. I did. I did. I wrote out some <laughs> some points. I wrote out some points. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but you're the resident expert, just like I'm the resident expert in Star Wars. Um, and musical I, theater. <laughs> and musical theater, <laughs> apparently. Uh, things that... Here, here, no, go ahead, Flynn, pick Flynn, because you want to be contrarian, but you know deep down that I'm right. And that the whole premise that he posed, and even his argument, while premise was BS, also had the wrong answer. I'm. It's okay. I'm going to say... Hofkamp, honestly, yes, you are you. you are a hundred percent right. <laughs> that yes, that Aragorn, Aragorn is, is the best, best yes. sword fighter. He's in not the all most accomplished. Earth. 
Not I, even a question. This is funny for the football fans out there. This is saying Mark Sanchez is one of the most accomplished quarterbacks yep. in NFL yep. history because he made it to the AFC Championship. In I his mean, first more accomplished than so Andy thankful yes. that, that I'm just so thankful that uh, Warren Moon uh, was you know a better quarter, more accomplished quarterback than Tom Brady. Yep, yep, more accomplished, um, but definitely not best. This is interesting, uh, Judge. Right. Leading, leading, dead. I think Dead I think kings. we need to we need to send out we need to send out when we release this episode we need to putting a note in now uh, put out a Twitter poll to see what uh, just a variety of different uh, topics accomplished versus best let's see let's see what results we get but I'm going with Flynn I, I in know terms you are, of accomplishments and I, I know and I know that you know you're wrong well as <laughs> Kevin said earlier pretty was right even though he won the debate sure well, Flynn I, wins I, though I, you know. No, 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 but Flynn judged that. Well, Flynn won this one. Okay, okay, and we're done. We all, you all know I'm conniving, so like, let uh, you know. It's not even conniving. You even the the, the, your phrasing of accomplished is also like your your argument is that she's a woman and she killed the Witch King of Angmar, and that makes her more accomplished than everything that Aragorn also accomplishes. I'm, yeah, not I, yeah. wow. I'm not discounting Aragorn. Wow. I'm not discounting Aragorn. And that Pretty just bought it. I, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm not, I'm I am not discounting I Aragorn. Whole system I think he's a is BS. I think we have to move on because Hup, I will leave the podcast. Hupkip is so Hupkip is so personally <laughs> attacked right now. So here's here's what I'll say, and this yeah. is why this this is why this segment should come back. Is <laughs> um, we don't again we don't know what the other person is bringing to us. We do know the theme. And so what's true is Huffcamp knew Flynn was coming at him with Lord of the Rings, and he didn't think to look at, to listen very carefully to Flynn's a conniving bastard, and we know <laughs> that he's going to say something to try to trip us up, and it's because Huffcamp will, will be so clearly yeah, true. I would have respected him more if he said uh, Elrond because he's lived forever and yeah, like but, went and just listed all the historical battles. But that that's would, not I would have respected that more. It's not the point. If the point is accomplished. he picked Pretty to be you the judge. You don't have to respect it. It's and a win. Just he like picked Tom Pretty to be the judge because he's the main host, and he picked the thing, and he wrote out his arguments, and he expected you to be to be so cocky that you would win this, and you didn't listen. You didn't listen to the exact wording and he tripped I you up. I wouldn't have changed my answer if I did because it is absolutely true that Aragorn's the most right, accomplished. Right. Move on. <laughs> move on. And, I'm and getting I even was more judged, upset. If I was judge, move I would have gone with you, but he picked Pretty because he knew Pretty would side with him in the tur- in the in the gotcha moment. It's it, true. This was this was designed <laughs> I'm to conniving. make me catch We all know that. He didn't even get me. He just prepared some get remarks me. and Pretty just bought it. Designed, he gets you good. This was designed to make you fail. But it's time for another edition of Flynn's Favorite Films. Flynn's Favorite Films. And if you recall this, you know, insert drop. If you recall this from prior uh, editions, we bring movie posters to Flynn who hasn't seen movies and we embarrass him rightfully so with movies he should have seen except for last time when Pretty tried to pull a fast one on him. But every other time we've done it, it's been things that he absolutely should have seen and he does a bad job describing them. And in this case, I want to offer something new, a a, a remix, remix on Flynn's favorite films. And this time, I'm in the driver's seat and I'm going to bring three uh, television series that I have not seen. 
And I don't know or I don't believe or know that my colleagues on the podcast have seen these either. And so I'm going to show them a, a poster for three teen dramas that I hear about and see on the Twitter and the TikToks and all these things and and the internets and the BuzzFeeds. And I don't know what they are and I don't care. But I had my intern at work. Uh, hope no one from Thomas More is listening because they did it on the clock. I had my <laughs> intern at work go in and pull the show summary for these three teen dramas and compile them in a document that I have not opened or read. Um, and, I'll, and I'm going to read them live on the show. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show the the... Movie poster of these three guys for three different um, teen dramas, and they're going to tell me the plot that they think is true about these teen dramas. And I'm going to guess which one of them is closest to the to the truth. It's possible that one of them's seen it. I, I would not know. I really don't know. Um, but I definitely haven't. Um, so I'm interested to see where we go with this. And so I'm going to share my screen with them, and I'm going to start with um, – with the first movie poster, which, or not movie, with the first poster, which is for a TV show called Riverdale. <laughs> so, um, in ascending order of age, we'll go uh, pretty Flynn Hofkamp. Tell me about Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale. Oh, so me first, yeah. Riverdale is a, a TV show. Um, that is about uh it's got some like mystery elements to it um i think it's based in new york um it's based on the archie bunker comics know that um dark horse archie bunker that's the redheaded dude on the left um cat has literally watched all of this just like the last month or two and i've heard it several times but i couldn't tell you what the plot is i frequently will sit down and watch the last half of an episode and see what happens or what the the uh cliffhanger is but um i think it's about uh some mystery and like people do some things and i've heard that like the cole sprouse from sweet life of zach and cody's in it and there's like some maybe an episode or two where they sing a song i don't know that's what i got i i got none of that but flynn please give us an actual plot Music, I heard I heard musical sometimes musical parody of Archie cartoons because the guy's a redhead uh, and uh, because of the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Great, great, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Let's see who's next. Uh, I believe this show is is based in Seattle. With um, it is it is a, a two women that have fallen in love with two different men. Uh, both of them are in love with both of the men, and so there's like a, a love square if you will um <laughs> so i'm pretty sure one's a vampire and one is a <laughs> werewolf uh, i swear i swear if this love square is the proper shape to get on apple podcast i'm gonna be livid so flynn, flynn's saying this is a, this is a uh combination of twilight and a midsummer night's dream um yeah. but a tv show yeah Okay. Yes. okay. 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 You a guys, you guys are, are, you guys all only know the gist. You're forgetting the like, the uh, phenomenon. This is the mystery phenomenon. The like supernatural part of it. So there is a dead body with lots of a dead teen with lots of like 
it was the friends of these these four individuals that are on the screen. Um, they're kind of suspecting each other, but trying to figure out who to trust with each other and not trust. And there's also some sexual tension with them. Um, but it all kind of just leads to this more supernatural thing that is just sort of the backdrop of the entire show. So there's, um, you know, is it extraterrestrial? Is it just some weird phenomenon? Like what actually happened? The mystery leads to something extra human being involved maybe. Um, but really the show is just about the drama that surrounds this, this almost mystical town and these four, uh, way too attractive teenagers <laughs> that would obviously be living in a town of 600 people. Um, is there a, the, uh, the relationship is there, there a movie called, uh, I know what you did last summer. Did you just describe that plot? Is there a movie called I Know What You Did Last Summer? Yes, there that, is. That is a movie. Uh, that is a movie. Did you just describe that plot? No, he did like not. I feel like no. the, that's the plot of that movie. Not even close. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, a wonderful. Thing. So, okay, here's, here's where I'm at with Riverdale. Um, I don't think any of the three of them have seen it. Uh, none of the three make any sense at all. I believe that I believe that Pretty's trying to pull one on me by saying Cat has seen it, but I don't know that. Maybe yes, he's yes. right. Um what I know is true is that Hubcamp's going to be closest. Um, and Flynn absolutely was just trying to make us laugh uh, and hasn't seen it. So let me pull this you up. You sure there's not a love square? Is that- there could be a love square. <laughs> no, Flynn square. is right about that. There is a love square. I'm not even kidding. Yes. Like 100%. that, I do remember I just, I can't hearing get, from I can't that. get past this idea that Pretty has seen about half of multiple episodes and said no plot points. Uh, hang on. <laughs> just hey, just well, describe one okay. of the episodes. So, uh, uh, okay. Okay. Let me, let me just say, let me just, let me just say I'm reading this for the first time. Riverdale is an American teen drama television series. Are, are you kidding me? Based on the characters of Archie Comics. It follows, <laughs> he, did say, he did say, I know that, but... Yeah. Well, I didn't believe him. Because <laughs> I've, I've read the Archie Comics, and this is like a... This poster is like dark, brooding teen drama people that looks like a Twilight poster. And I've seen Archie Comics, and it's like saying... It's like if they adapted Doug... <laughs> It is saying, right? you know, it's a dark Doug. Gritty That's Doug. what it is. Gritty Doug, aka gritty, gritty. It follows yeah. a series of Archie Andrews' life in a small town of Riverdale and explores the darkness hidden behind its seemingly perf- perfect image. Good okay. Lord. Okay. That sounds terrible. Uh, uh, pretty was right, and I was very wrong. Uh, okay, again, job. Pretty was right in saying it was based on Archie Comics, but again, he offered no plot points. He just yeah, yeah. He just okay. said Archie Comics. Well, he's most he's most he's listen. He was he, he got me. He got me. Okay, <laughs> okay. You are now seeing a poster for the teen drama Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. I don't know anything about it. I've never seen it. I've heard a lot of things um, that, uh, in the sense that I know that teens watch it, Is and that that's exactly about all I know. Fun? I don't think that's Zac Efron. I do know that's Blake Lively. I think she's married to Ryan Reynolds. Is that true? That is that is a true fact. Cool. So, um, Gossip Girl. Let's go in reverse order. Huffcamp, tell me about Gossip Girl. Well, so Sex in the City was a very popular show, and it wasn't really catered to teens. And so this is essentially the rendition of Sex in the City for teens. Um, obviously, it's about this, like, gossip columnist but they're in high school so there's not really it's not really a gossip columnist just like writes for the paper um and it's really you know the city is its own character too obviously um but it's just about her sexual exploits and uh you know these three guys here one of them 
um, I believe is is gay, um, and the rest of them are in a bit of a love square because all teen dramas have love squares. Um, but that's what Gossip Girl's about. It's just these two just drama-filled teens navigating high school um, and their sexual exploits. So this is like Lady Whistledown in in Bridgerton. There's a gossip yes. columnist that talks all about everyone's lives. Yep, I'm going to get to um, that. I have not seen Bridgerton yet, but sure, I'll buy it. Okay, yep. Pretty, why don't you go next then because you've chimed in. Oh, great. Um, I, I'm sensing a trend that you are picking all these shows that Kat has been watching recently. Kat's a teen Kat drama needs to watch better shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? Put up Friday Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gossip Girl, uh, yes, is is does have a love square involved in it. And uh, yes, Hove Camp is very much correct this is kind of like uh i I at least again have only seeing like half episodes um very similar to like uh the sex in the city type of stuff um the uh i will say that uh yes there is like the gossip columnist kind of thing um the gossip girl uh who always signs the episodes at the end of each episode uh kind of summarizing what happened and saying xo xo gossip girl uh and that's actually voiced by Kristen Bell. That, that guy on the right, is that the guy from You? It is. That is Joe from You. Oh, You is Which great. makes it creepy, yeah, like all, creepy. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. That's um, where I knew but him yeah. from. Okay. Yes. Flynn? Uh, uh, I'm going to be real short here uh, because I... I, I, I <laughs> Same. I, yeah. Same. <laughs> um, I, I think you'll understand uh, my premise here. So I think it is the Nickelodeon version of Will and Grace. Okay. That's probably mm-hmm. wrong. Um, okay, Gossip Girl. <laughs> there were I'm five it up. people on there. <laughs> I feel I feel confident. Pretty knows I things. Love Pentagon. I, yeah. So I, I feel confident. Pretty knows enough about this. I also think Huffcamp may have seen it. Um, here's what it says: <laughs> Narrated by the unknown ominous blogger Gossip Girl, voiced by Kristen Bell. Good job. The series resolve really voiced by Kristen Bell. That's disappointing for her. That's super um, disappointing. This yeah. series revolves around the lives of privileged upper class adolescents, white people. It doesn't say white people. I added that. Um, <laughs> living in Manhattan's Upper East Side, uh, and then the description chooses to tell us that Upper East Side is abbreviated UES, which is funny. Um, the series begins it's with true. the return of Upper East Side teenager It Girl Serena Van Woodson played by Blake Lively, uh, from a mysterious absence. She's reunited with her frenemy, ooh, frenemy, Blair Waldorf. I hope that is, is in the Waldorf Hotel. Um, yes, and Is it really? A- excellent. Yes. And the Waldorf salad. Uh, <laughs> Flynn in here with the salad. Uh, and, and I think the Muppet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Title of this episode, Flynn in here with the salad. Um, and her mother, Lily. And she also meets Dan. Uh, an aspiring writer from Brooklyn who is one of Serena's main love interests throughout the show. I couldn't even pay attention to while you were reading. I, I read it, and I still don't understand what it is other than um, Blake Lively is returning from the dead or something. So Gossip Girl, pretty seen some episodes. Huff Camp's maybe, maybe seen it. I have never – I don't begin to understand what that show is about. I understand okay. less since you read it and the fact that I – maybe describe some actual plot points is purely happenstance. Wonderful. 
Uh, I think he just said things that are probably true about teen dramas, uh, and, and I've just I bought been picking it. something random every time. It works. It works for you. Okay, last thing is uh, a screenshot of the cover of a poster for Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars. Um, Flynn, I'm coming to you first, big guy, and then we'll go Huff Camper Pretty and see how we go. Yeah, uh, it's about Flynn, it's it's about some some high school girls that um, are clearly way too popular in their eyes um, and dress just way too scantily for being in high school, um, and so they lie and cheat and steal their way to the top. Um, they maybe maybe end up in jail a couple times, um, but it's about their drama and their love lives and everything in between. Yeah, the poster that we're looking at is clearly like a, a mugshot height wall yeah. behind them, and so the the jail is not a far leap there. Um, you're you're on to some things. One of their friends uh, dies, I believe her name is Allison, and yes. uh, then texts just keep coming in to these four that are remaining from A, and they're like, oh my god, who killed her? Who's texting us? What's going on? And they just keep doing terrible things, like sleeping with their teachers, or like stealing boyfriends, and um, just being really catty towards each other, blaming each other, and all this other stuff. And um, yeah, they probably end up doing lots of murder uh, as well. Um, so that was a very accurate summary of the show. <laughs> Good job, Hove Camp. Uh, Kat has also seen that show. Um, <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, that's right. Flynn, that, that show is closer to the plot of, I know what you did last summer. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I, when you, when you were describing that, I I know I've never seen that movie, but I know the plot ish of that movie. So when you were describing that, that's sounds similar. Yeah. Hove camp's right though. Cause a, and I think a turns out to be like one of their dude friends. Spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen pretty little liars. My bad. I is don't that think no, any of our listeners are they like, are they, instead of I being numbered, the are they diagram of our podcast listeners and Pretty Little Liars watcher doesn't overlap. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, think we only have like 13 cat. listeners. So, are they like, you know. are they like, <laughs> you said A, is it, is it like one of the characters named A, one is B, one is C, like. No, no, no they, they just text, they sign their letters. A. Yeah, they sign their, their text anonymously as A. I'm pulling it up. Here we go. See if you're right. I bet you are because I'm disappointed. <laughs> Camps, you're definitely right. I, I am definitely right. I've this seen series maybe follows half, maybe the first season. This series <laughs> follows the lives of four high school girls whose clique falls apart after the disappearance of their leader. One year later, the estranged friends are reunited as they begin receiving messages from a mysterious figure named A who threatens to expose their deepest secrets. And I assume that these are also pretty young ladies and they are, they just turn out to be just little liars. They're just little liars the whole time. And that's the show. It's, yeah. uh, I, Ooh, can you look up who a is just scroll down to the bottom of that? I'm not looking at a Wikipedia. I'm not looking at a Wikipedia page. I'm looking at a show summary document sent by my intern. I'm sure they, I'm sure it comes from Wikipedia, <laughs> but I can't you can Google the show. I can't scroll really down. I, I really, I don't have more information than that. So, well, that was a fun little exercise in becoming disappointed and pretty, um, I think, or at least Kat, uh, who, um, you <laughs> know. Hope Camp has actually watched that show, is is the, 
I, I, I did like in college. Part. In college, I watched. Uh, I think I watched the first season of Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, it was it, like. It, so we lived together when you did. It was that. over the. It was um, over that summer. It yeah, was over the summer, and I was. I would, I would text you and be like, "Hey, do you want to hang out tonight in the room?" And you're like, "No, I got to watch Pretty Little Liars." <laughs> and I was so disappointed every single was, time. Not because we didn't was, hang out, because of just you. Yeah, we decided that the show looked ridiculous, and another member of the, uh, the staff and I decided it would be really funny if we decided to get really invested in it. Uh, the show was ridiculous, and we decided it just fell off. It it was not not something you can't sustain. Let's just be weird about something for too long. Like Katy Perry. Now that that's, no, we're that still different. invested. That was in genuine <laughs> enjoyment of her music. Screw you. That's She's different. a national she treasure. Now. National treasure. Your she is beautiful. She is perfect. Child. She is smart. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I there's, his, there's history there we might get into at some point with me versus these three on that particular topic. All right. But, another uh, day, another podcast. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. What, I, what this game is going to be. So I'm a trivia host. Uh, I, have, I have hosted trivia. Hope Camp has hosted trivia as well. But I have better hosted trivia Flint, for longer. But not better. Than Hope Camp. Um, and so I am going to give you some questions that you are going to answer. Uh, and give your best guess at what the answer is. Uh, you can talk it out with each other. But you are also going to be competing with one another. So don't uh, really show your work too much is what I would say. Uh, but I will give you the, uh, each answer after each round. And so I will give you the question. You'll talk about your answers. You'll say your answers out loud, and then we'll move on. You're going to keep your own score. I don't feel like keeping score right now. Um, loser so of this, the game. This, game. this game that you've concocted is just trivia. It's trivia, yes, in a, with, a twi- with a twist. I'm keeping with a twist. Um, oh, yeah, uh, you don't so, keep score trivia. So a loser of the game has to take a shot of the winner's choosing. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Let's go. I'm already is, two shots Is deep. that correct? Who did? I was just making You're, sure everyone was... No one or, knows any of this. Everyone was cool with it. Okay. All right. So let's go. Um, so the first round... Okay. First round, each, each question is worth one point. Okay? So if you get the question correct, you will get one point. And each of you is actually going to have an advantage every single round. Okay. You'll understand in a second. So, um, Hofkamp has actually made it quite clear that he works out. Uh, he says it constantly. He's like, I work out a lot. Um, and so, you know, he, he wants to let everyone know he works out. So, let's compare him to what the average American does on every single day. Um, so, for round I one. Were, I knew that you were asking that so question. So, for round the... one, uh, the answers could be Hofkamp, an average American, or same, okay? So those are your three answers. Hofkamp, the average American, or same. And so here's the first question for you. Which is done more per week? Hofkamp working out, or the average American's total time eating and drinking? Uh, the average American eating and drinking. Okay, final answer for you, Jacob. Oh, absolutely. I feel obligated to go last. I think that has to, I think that has to be the case. Okay, Kevin. Average American eating and drinking. Eating and drinking. Hope camp. Hope camp. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're right. Eating and drinking for you as well. Okay. Yeah, Reco- I, you're, I, I you're recording your scores at the end. Keep track of what you thought the answer was. Okay. So question number two: Which is done more per week, Hope camp working out or the uh, the average American's total time socializing? 
Uh, Hove Camp working out 100%. Same. I'm thinking he works out like 24 hours a week or something. Uh, a day, but you were close. Um, <laughs> uh, I just do push-ups all through my advising appointments. Sometimes I think it's weird. In general, I think it endears me to them. Um, <laughs> I yeah, no, I think it. I think it's me working out. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Question number three: Which is done more per week, Hove Camp working out or the average American's total time uh, or uh, uh, total time? Uh, watching TV. Ooh. I think Americans watch more TV than they socialize, so I'm gonna say same. I'm gonna say it's the same. Like, they're equal, Hove Camp and the TV. This is tough because I don't know what your source material is, and I think Americans don't admit how much they actually watch TV. Um, Like, if you said how much TV do you watch, I think everybody lies. Um, Pretty liars. But in case you have real data i'm gonna say americans watching tv i think i probably watch more tv than i work out and i probably watch less tv than the average american so average american for sure watching tv all right so let's recap what round one was here so the first question was what is more hope camp working out or the average americans eating and drinking hope camp works out seven hours per week on average, including weekend stuff, you you told me the, some weekend yoga, and I and I counted that towards the total. That's like way less so than okay, I okay. You that's you told that's the number you told me. That's the number seven was literally the only number I didn't tell you. I said you maybe said you five said to six. six. Yeah, five I said to six. Five to plus six. some yoga six stuff on the weekend. Yoga. Okay. Oh, okay. Six. Fine. It doesn't change any <laughs> of the answers. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, I don't think it would. <laughs> We're still in the single digit ballpark, and I feel okay. like pretty much uh, thinking so, I worked out uh, way more. Americans eat and drink on average eight hours per week. So that is that is that is the correct answer. Um, so which is done more per week? Hope camp, uh, working out, or the average American's total time socializing? Americans spend four and a half hours socializing per week. So it's Hope camp working out. So which right. which is done more per work uh, more per week Hove Camp working out or the average American's total time uh, gr- uh, socializing? Um, no, watching TV. Wait, watching, watching TV. TV. Yes, watching TV. Sorry. Um, Hove Camp works out six to seven hours per week, and Americans watch TV nineteen hours per week. Yeah, it should. I was, I was yes. close. Yes. So we're all three for three. Are you three? No, no I, Kevin. I, I, Kevin's I not, not three for three. No, Kevin, Kevin, none of us are three for three. We all missed the first one. Mm-mm. No, we didn't. Nope. I got the first one right. We all got it. Yep. We all got all. We all said the same on all you of them. You said eating and drinking all the first one. So No, I got, which was I, right. I got the first one right. I said same for the second one, and I yep. got the third one right. So I'm two yep. for three. Oh, so I'm the only one that's three for three? Yeah, you are, Hovecamp. All right. Okay. I'm also all two right. for three. You had an advantage that round, clearly. Um, so for round two, we're going back in time. Uh, and so you're gonna guess what's older, oh, Kevin, <laughs> or something else. <laughs> so, first question: What's older, Kevin or Lunchables? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin is older than Lunchables. <laughs> so let's see. Kevin was born in '88. <laughs> Lunchables feels really '90s. I'm gonna go, Kevin. <laughs> it's so offensive. That question is so offensive. <laughs> I hate you so much. And I was born in 87, by the way. I don't want to help you. But... 
was born in 1987. What is your answer? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you mean person. I remember the commercials when they first came out. I remember being like, Fl- Flynn, I think this is easier for you to keep track of if you just give us the answer right away. I feel like this is Flynn going, no. surprise segment, I make fun of my friends for, for 30%. 100%. Okay, so uh, who's older, Kevin or Lunchables? Kevin is older. Uh, Lunchables came out in 1988. Oh, hang on. We're going to do these three before we do the answers, right? Like we did last time. Okay. Uh, I just said it would be easier that. to keep track of. There's five yeah. on this there's one? There's five, yes. Oh, so God. Keep All right. You, could figure, going, out, going you could figure out five things that occurred more than me working out five hours a week, but you can't... You, <laughs> you I, can't I found one find... article. Okay. Stop. All right. It's, it's, <laughs> me. it's funnier to make fun of Kevin. Okay. Uh, who's older, Kevin or the rapper Bow Wow? Oh, Kevin. Bow Wow's like my age, or maybe a little younger than me, actually. No, like the, the you mean, like not when he little became a rapper. You mean like the actual age of the person that is Bow Wow? Yeah. yeah. He's my age. Yeah. No, I'll take, I feel like Lil Bow Wow was not 10 years old rapping in Hardball, which came out in, in 2000. I think Lil Bow Wow actually is probably a smidge older than Kevin. Um... So Lil Bow Wow is the son of another rapper. Um, I don't think his name was Bow Wow. <laughs> it was not. And so it's, Lil Bow Wow was definitely the son of Master Yeah, right. Lil Bow Wow who who became who was Bow Wow in, as he got uh, older. Like Mike. Yeah, he's younger than yeah. me. Do you want me to reveal it now? You do whatever you want, Flint. It's your segment. I, I do because I'm going to forget okay. what I put. Uh, uh, Bow Wow was born in on March 9th, 1987. So he is a few older. months early. Or yeah, older. 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 I, I was oh, wrong dang. about how old I was. So a few months me? older. Just me. Just few months Kevin. older. Just Hope Camp. All right. Who's, basing, what is older? Solely on the movie Hardball. <laughs> what is older, Kevin or the TI-81 calculator? 81? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even know what that is. It's a graphing calculator. I thought that was the TI-83. Yeah, this is the before that. Oh my God. He's talking about the OG graphing calculator. (laughs) Um, Better question, Kevin or an abacus? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Kevin just because that's hilarious if he is older than the original graphing calculator. No offense, Kevin. I think it would be hilarious, but I do think that the fact that it's the TI-81, it, it, that was probably weirdly, like, that probably got into the moon or something stupid. I'm going to say that's older. I think when Pretty ended up using one of these, he was at TI-89, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I started high school, we were at TI-83. So by the time I was using it as a sophomore when I was 16, the question is, in 16 years... Did someone move from TI-81 to TI-83? I think the answer is yes. So I'm going to say I'm older than the TI-81. You are correct. The TI-81 calculator came out in 1990. Mm. First well, one I'm on younger this. than it. First one All on right. This. Next question. What is older, Kevin or the Sega Genesis? Oh, Sega Genesis. No, no, no. no. Oh, Sega Genesis? No, Sega Genesis, um, uh, Kevin is older. 
Kevin Soul. Yeah, Sorry. I played with a Sega Genesis when I was a kid. I did not play with Kevin when I was a kid. Was Sega. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin is older. Kevin is older than the Sega Genesis. I'm definitely older than the Sega Genesis. I remember when it came out. All right, yeah, it came out. It, you can't remember when it came out because it was 1988. So you were less than one years old. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin has out. a really good memory. <laughs> his memory developed so fully that the rest of his body just stopped growing right there. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, that was four, so there's a fifth all right, question. Last, last one of this round. Who is older, Kevin or Snooky? <laughs> Kevin. I t- <laughs> Kevin, what was your Jersey Shore nickname? Uh, I was, was K Train. You were Hands K-train. Team. I was K Train. Team. Yep. Uh, and our hair looked weirdly similar to how Pretty's looks now. Uh, <laughs> yours did. Yep. Yep, we were great. All right, who's older, Kevin or Snooky? Kevin. I, I have to think Kevin, but no, wait, no, definitely Snooky. We were in college doing Jersey Shore parties, and Snooky was living her worst life on the Jersey Shore. Snooky is older than Kevin. I think so too. I was 21, living in that apartment, having just turned 22, but I, I think she was also born in '87. Like, I think it's got to be so close. Um, but I think that Snooky's older. Snooky is 11 days older than Kevin. <laughs> oh, nice work. Nice work. We have, we have our last round of the trivia. It is double points for this one. Oh boy. Double points. So Can we review two scores points for this point. Yeah. Review, review scores. Kevin, what do you have? <coughs> so these are, these are one point I- per. I've missed two, so we. Ha- I have. I so you have six. You're six. Six points. I've missed one. I have seven. I've got five. All right, it's anyone's game with double points here. So this is like family family feud crap, where they're like, "All right, those first three rounds don't count. Triple no, points here." No, no, there's four it. total points here because there's only <laughs> two questions for Jacob here. Oh, that's easy. So for this last round, I have two questions about what Jacob. What state was Jacob living in on this date? <laughs> <laughs> when when Brady's asked if we know. wanted anything from Kroger, where did he go? All right, <laughs> we don't all right, know. All right, all right. No one knows. What is greater in circumference? A bowling ball. <laughs> or Pretty's head. <laughs> or, or Jacob's head. An average bowling ball? There are different yes. sizes of bowling balls. At, hey, guys, circumference bowling. is literally just the area around, right? Yep. yep. So well, what is Pretty's? Yeah, yeah like what is Pretty's measured around, measured around a bowling ball. What is bigger, a bowling ball or Jacob's head? I'm going with a bowling ball, but I'm not I, confident. I think I gotta go. I think bowling. This is not. I think. I think this is not easy. I think it's Pretty's head, but I think that bowling balls are just smaller than what I'm picturing. Like I, I think I could smash someone's head with a bowling ball, and it would not get the whole head. That's a weird way of thinking about it, but Pretty's head is bigger than a bowling ball. Uh, I'm going to say, knowing how large my own head is, I'm going to say a bowling ball, but just barely. A bowling ball is just barely larger than Jacob. My Jacob own. informed me that his head was 24 inches in circumference, which is about an, a double XL in hat. Uh, a bowling ball, on average, is 27 inches. Ah, that's BS. What is 24? Why don't you just give him a hat size? <laughs> he asked for circumference. He said, what is your head in circumference? All right. And I said, 
No, no, no. So, so Jacob knows the the, the answer to this. He, he has given me an estimate here because he can't give me an exact number. But what number is greater? The estimated amount of jobs that Jacob has had in his life. <laughs> jobs or gigs? Are we, are we using jobs? Okay. How Jacob defined jobs in a previous episode, or the amount of times Samuel L. Jackson said "mf'er" in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> Have you? You haven't seen Pulp Fiction? No. Okay. Well, that's disappointing because you should see Pulp Fiction. Yeah, like definitely should have seen that. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Samuel L. because I want it to be true. <laughs> I I'm going with I'm tied with Hubcamp right now, so this is so hard. Because if I go Samuel L. and Pretty's right, he still can't catch up to us. So if I go Samuel L. and Hubcamp and I tie, there's gotta be a tiebreaker. But I'm no, not. We don't. I'm not. I'm not going out like that. I'm saying it's Pretty's jobs. I can't answer because I know how many jobs I've had approximately. You don't, you don't, do you know how many Samuel times you, you Samuel L? <laughs> they also I know had... how many hours I've worked out every week. I told Flynn the answer, <laughs> yeah. and then he made up a new number, <laughs> which I, knows that, when that surprised born. me. But <laughs> we all knew that. <laughs> I think it's I think it's my jobs because I think I think the number's like twenty two or twenty four times that he says it. What was the number that you told me? I can't remember. God. Okay. Did, so did you not the number that Jacob has Jacob estimated the amount of jobs that he's had in his life is 24. Samuel L. Jackson has said MFR in Pulp Fiction 26 times. Mm. Oh, I got it. I got my own question wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think that so it seems right? like Hope Camp is the winner. Um and I, who's the loser? Jacob? Is Jacob the loser? Yeah, oh, yeah. I lost. So you have to Hardcore. take a shot of Hope Camp's choosing. It's going to obviously be another shot of that. Well, uh, yeah, no, you, you've immuned yourself to Malort. Take another shot of that bourbon. I would prefer do you, you want to do it right, it right now, now or do you want to, right to end now. the podcast? To end the podcast, do you want to take a shot right now? Yeah, I've already taken two during this. Uh, yeah, so. I'll stick around for this. Yeah, say. Let's, let's watch this. <laughs> this is going to be a brand new way to do this where we all don't leave him on purpose at the end of an episode. Instead, just How watch him. How wasted can Pretty get? He's just going to keep taking shots so that we stick around. <laughs> let's play another game. I got it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Round two. Here we go. Uh, okay. On, I have a question. Uh, if I had chosen, If I had chosen Pulp Fiction... And we, Huffcamp and I had tied. Would he have had to take a shot for losing and then losing again when Huffcamp and I determined who was the actual winner? Or I'm keeping. I could have come up with no, a. Uh, a I will. Break. I didn't want to say anything, but you would have won. Yes, you would have. Oh, because it's on, double really? points. It's double points. <laughs> it's double points, and he missed the first round. I wasn't going to say anything because because then you would have chosen the same as me. Uh, <laughs> nice. You're also as, conniving. So just like me, you and I are the same. Ooh, it's come full circle. <laughs> there you go. Our hairlines beg to differ. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, listeners, thanks for putting up with uh, us for another episode. Um, have a glass of bourbon on us, and uh, we'll see you next time. I'm going to do this shot of this gross bourbon. Happy 10th episode. Shalom. Happy 10th episode. Happy 10th. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Goodbye. Beep, beep, beep.